Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Broadcast in, yes, we have some very strong perspectives coming in in reference to what has happened in Mexico. For those of you who have not heard, tragic news out of Matamoros. Four Americans kidnapped there. They've been found. Two are dead, one injured, the fourth unharmed, according to the Associated Press. All Americans, a group of friends traveling to Mexico, so one of them could get a tummy tuck procedure. These are folks who traveled from South Carolina in a white minivan from North Carolina, with North Carolina tags anyway, crossed the border into Mexico on Friday, not long after entering Matamoros, an area dominated by the Gulf Cartel. They came under fire from a group of armed men bundled into the back of a pickup truck. And as we mentioned, sadly, two of them are dead, one injured, the fourth unharmed. If there are any additional news releases on this during the course of this broadcast, we will bring that information to you. We can tell you as well, the State Department has issued a travel advisory just warning people to stay away from this area for the very reason we described. Very dangerous area. That is definitely dominated now by drug cartels. Quite unfortunate what has happened here. Transformation Tuesday. Several items for you this morning. Someone put something on the text line here where did i see that here it is from dean transformation tuesday could you be a little more specific maybe give us a certain issue to work on transforming i for one have so many issues (laughs) can it be a transformation buffet i always appreciate your insights god bless i appreciate your text there dean (laughs) oh my goodness I want to touch on a couple of things, and a couple of these are spiritual. The other is actually something related to your physical health. I'm going to share something with you that may save you from an early death, and it's something very simple, so you want to stay tuned for that. The spiritual items first. One of them on unity. I love this post from Dr. Steve Crosby. I was explaining to a friend who uh, was kind of intrigued by my comments about the church system and asking me what I do, which I explained. And this text, not text, but social media post, really sums up where I am. We are to be united in two capacities, in our commitment to the person of Jesus Christ and commitment and concern for one another. 
this distills everything down. I think we get a pretty good idea where Steve's coming from on recent events. He goes on. If we spend as much time practicing the latter as we do singing about and soaking in the presence of the former, we would have all the revival we can handle every day of our lives. For he's already given us everything necessary for life and godliness. Just get on with it. Skip the spasms of enthusiasm. But alas, the way of the cross isn't stimulating or entertaining enough for us. We just refuse to do so. And we celebrate our faithless, unbelieving, spiritually narcissistic disobedience by calling it revival. Ouch. I have a hard time disagreeing with what Steve has said here. Two capacities. Commitment to the person of Christ. Our commitment and concern for one another. There you go right there. And I'm serious about that. I believe this. If we live this out, it would be incredible. But I can tell you from my experience, I don't see much interest in these two things. Please prove me wrong. Just putting that out there. <laughs> this texture is too much. Please tell me what to think. Thinking hurts. Poor me, my brain hurts so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm glad to see the sense of humor. That is definitely a good thing. Very good thing. The other item. How many of you have followed some of the journey of one Kelsey Grammer? This is a guy who's not at all shy about sharing his faith. Breitbart story saying Jesus made a difference in his life. And that's not anything I will apologize for. Good for him. As you know, Hollywood is not a place where Christianity is fashionable. Hollywood star Kelsey Grammer refusing to apologize for his faith. He spoke about his new movie, Jesus Revolution, which I still need to see, as well as his ups and downs with Christianity. I've had hiccups. I've had tragic times. I've wrestled with those and worked my way through them. Sometimes rejecting faith, sometimes rejecting God, even in a period of being pretty angry about it. Like, God, where were you? That kind of thing. Now I've come to terms with it and found great peace in my faith and in Jesus. It's not cavalier. Jesus made a difference in my life. That's not anything I'll apologize for. Jesus Revolution's the story of Chuck Smith a traditional pastor who grudgingly welcomes hippies into his congregation at the height of the countercultural Jesus movement during the late 60s, early 70s. Smith's path eventually intersects with a young future pastor, Greg Laurie. This Lionsgate release easily beat Hollywood's expectations for its opening weekend. We told you about this yesterday, exceeding box office estimates by more than twofold. The move had the good fortune of opening on the heels of one of the largest so-called Christian revivals in recent years. 
With about 50,000 Gen Zers participating in song and prayer over a multi-week period at Asbury University in Kentucky, Kelsey Grammer's public affirmation of his Christian faith follows fellow Hollywood star Mark Wahlberg's own testimony about his Catholicism. Wahlberg saying, faith is everything, afforded me so many things. God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We've all had issues in our lives. And he's saying that his faith has allowed him to overcome so many things. So a couple of people who are certainly going against the culture of Washington and of Hollywood. And these are testimonies that are absolutely encouraging to see. Still to come in the broadcast, I'm going to tell you one thing that you can do every day. I do this. And in fact, I'm stepping up my game in this particular area. They're saying this could actually reduce the risk of early death. You don't want to miss this. We'll share it as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, we're following breaking news out of Mexico this morning. Very tragic news. We have some additional information reported by the U.S. Sun. Here's their account of what has happened. Two of the four American citizens kidnapped in Mexico on Friday are dead. One of the victims found alive. The fourth injured in unknown condition. This is according to the governor, the Mexican governor of that particular region. This governor confirmed the grim news in a call to the Mexican president. One of the four, out of the four, two are dead, one person wounded, the other alive. The ambulances, the rest of the security personnel are going for them to give them the corresponding support. Again, this is the governor of that region. This has to be really terrible, too, because he didn't identify which of the two victims died. So we've got names out there of people who were down there. And we don't know which ones are dead, which ones are alive. A suspect, this is another new piece of information, a suspect who is yet to be named was arrested in connection with the kidnappings. So they got one person at least. I'm not going to mention these names anymore because I'm a little concerned about this, about notifications here. 
The sister of one of the people told the FBI her younger brother and two other friends were with a third friend who was going to Mexico for tummy tuck cosmetic surgery. One person confirmed to ABC News her daughter traveled from South Carolina to Mexico for a cosmetic medical procedure. And the mother, this is interesting, the mother warned her not to go. And she supposedly told her mother, Ma, I'll be okay. She said this on Wednesday before heading off. Oh, my gosh. This is just terrible all the way, all the way around. As we mentioned, if there are additional details that come out about this story during the course of the broadcast, we will certainly bring those details to you. Wow. Before we go into this revelatory story about your health, because I'm a nice guy, I will take a call from Nick out of Matthews. Good morning, Nick, and welcome to the broadcast, sir. Okay. Nick, are you there? I believe Nick must have something else going on. Not listening, so we'll give him a chance to talk to us after this story. I got something very simple to tell you that you can do to reduce the risk of an early death. This is something I've stepped up more intensely the past few days. Earth.com reporting cardiovascular diseases like heart disease and stroke, leading cause of death globally, responsible for nearly 18 million deaths in 2019, cancers 9.6 million. Many studies have shown moderate intensity physical activity such as brisk walking, hiking, dancing, riding a bike, or playing tennis, significantly reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer. Just walking. Brisk walking is all you have to do. UK's National Health Services recommended adults perform about 150 minutes a week. But a recent review study conducted by the University of Cambridge has found that even half of this amount, 75 minutes a week or 11 minutes a day, would be sufficient to significantly lower the risk of such diseases and could help prevent 1 in 10 early deaths. There's your takeaway. If you've taken nothing else from this program, just 11 minutes a day might reduce the risk of an early death. To clarify the amount of physical activity necessary to reduce the risk of a variety of chronic diseases and early death, the experts carried out a systematic review and meta-analysis of 196 peer-reviewed articles covering over 30 million participants from 94 large study cohorts. So this is not just some little survey or little poll. You're talking about 30 million participants. That's a lot. That is definitely a lot. 75 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week reduced the risk of developing cardiovascular disease by 17%. Cancer by 7%. Early death by 23%. For some types of cancers, including head and neck, 
The reduction in risk was even greater, 14 to 26 percent. If you're someone who finds the idea of 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week daunting, this is certainly good news. Some physical activity better than doing none. It's also a good starting position. If you find 75 minutes is manageable, step it up to the full recommended amount. You know, a lot of people, they're intimidated. They're thinking, okay, you got to do something intense like running. No. Walk or cycle. It can be that simple. What do you think? Have I given you something pretty simple to work with? Pretty easy to work with? I think so. So, if you have not done so yet, I would strongly encourage you, just get moving. Start walking. Just that simple. Are we going to give Nick another try here? Is he... uh, Listening and ready for us this time around. Market, Nick, good morning. Are you ready? My wife was sick. Unfortunately, I think that's a second strike here for Nick. I don't know what's going on here, but for whatever reason, not exactly ready. We have a couple of 2024 stories for you. Um, the first one kind of sets the table for the second one. I think a lot of people agree When it comes to Kamala Harris as vice president, this woman is simply not ready for prime time. She's just not. She's not. And we have a new incident with Kamala. I mean, boy, this woman, she's really lost a lot of credibility if she had much to work with in the first place. How about this? An alleged childhood memory, that's what I'm going to call it, an alleged that's being used to bash conservatives. It's made Twitter users, Twitter users cringe, and people are wondering whether this is just completely made up. All right, you tell me what you think. This is Kamala Harris uh, expressing whatever is coming out of her brain. Here she is. I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. Oh, my gosh. This woman is your vice president, ladies and gentlemen. Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Oh, gosh. We'll talk about the reaction to this and a story about a possible 2024 presidential candidate for the Democrats. That is, if Joe and crazy Kamala are not up to the job. Stay with us. And we're back as we continue the broadcast here. I was going to go over to the text line here, but uh, just put out to uh, Chris and to Bernie. 
Um, I'd be curious to know what is going on right now with the Attorney General, what he's talking about, because I'm not able to discern what that is yet. And if we have a source for it, um, well, they've cut away now. So I can think of a couple of things that he may be addressing. But if it is something pertinent, um, we will pass that on to you. I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, we've been following breaking news about the four kidnapped Americans, two of them confirmed to be dead, and we'll have more on this story uh, if there are any new developments uh, during the duration of this broadcast. Before the break, we shared some audio with you from Kamala Harris, who is our vice president. And as I expected, the text line is absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, we start here. This person saying she's been working with the biggest president storyteller in history. She's learning how it works. Yes. We are in so much trouble. You got that right. Vince, per Kamala's recent comment, I could be wrong, but when she was a little girl, late 60s, early 70s, did American politics refer to conservatives at that time? I think she made this story up. I can't believe Harris made it through law school, much less to the White House. She sounds like a teenage girl who can't speak without giggling. That's really good. Yeah. This person saying that is one dumb... I think we leave that word out. Pretty scary, isn't it? So what do you do? What do you do if you're a Democrat? You're part of the elites who are in the midst of trying to decide how do we process 2024 in terms of presidential candidates. Joe Biden has pretty much communicated he's inclined to run again. We've heard that there will be some sort of announcement sometime this spring. But as you know, a majority of people do not want him to run again. They don't. They won't, don't want to see the freak show continue. So this brings us to this story. Where do the Democrats look to rescue their 2024 hopes? Well, Fox News Channel floating the idea of the possibility of Michelle Obama for president in 2024. Douglas McKinnon saying Democrats could look to her should Biden or Harris decline to run. Saying she's got the it factor and could actually beat Donald Trump in 2024, assuming he's the nominee. Now, publicly, Democrats... The leaders, they're rallying behind Joe Biden to be their guy. But behind the scenes, they're still mulling the best leader for the party who could win a standoff against former President Donald Trump. Former White House and Pentagon official Douglas McKinnon said if not Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris, Democrats could look to a past superstar to create a more viable ticket. Among the names of possible contenders, former First Lady Michelle Obama's name was floated ahead of the last Democratic presidential primary. 
although she's repeatedly denied any interest in seeking office. Do you believe that? I don't. At 59, and with her it factor, she could emerge as a top candidate, and Democrats could look to push her to run. According to a recent political article, Biden faces doubt from some high-level Democrats who may only support the president because they fear what a Biden-less ticket could look like. High-level Democrats are rallying. They're rallying to President Biden's re-election, not because they think it's the best interest of the country to have an 82-year-old start a second term, but because they fear the potential alternative, the nomination of Kamala Harris, and ultimately the election of Donald Trump. Now, in 2020, Biden and Harris defeated Trump when they received more votes than any other presidential ticket in U.S. history. But just three years later, Biden has an approval rating in the 40s. Numerous verbal slip-ups causing headaches for the White House press team. And you can throw slips and near falls into the mix. According to the Politico report, a senator at the National Governors Association meeting in February went as far as to question whether Biden had the stamina for the presidential campaign season. Biden won his initial election during the travel-restricted COVID pandemic, spent much of his time campaigning from his basement. That was very convenient. It's probably not going to work this time. At the same time, at the winter meeting, a congressman said that Harris just is not an option. Other candidates could include those who previously won the Democratic presidential nomination. Boy, this is funny. I love this. Hillary Clinton, John Kerry, or Al Gore. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Bringing one of these retreads back? But they failed to address the concerns of some voters who want a younger president. Clinton, 75. Kerry, 79. Al Gore, 74. All of these folks are up in age. Aside from the fact they're retreads, Democrats could also look past candidates that generated public support, but ultimately fell short of securing the nomination. You've got Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> this is funny. Cory Booker. They could all try again. Warren, 73. Sanders is 81. Klobuchar, 62. Booker, one of the youngest among them. 53 years old. Then we've got Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. And he's been trying to develop his own political resume. Boy, how's that working? <laughs> Over at the Department of Transportation. Not very well. I think that's what a lot of people would say. So, Michelle Obama. What do you think about that possibility? Michelle Obama for president. <laughs> Love to get your thoughts as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us.
Over on the text line, we have this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Most people who are giggling are also lying. Reference to Kamala Harris. On the possibility of Michelle Obama on the ticket. Well, let's begin here. Oh, my gosh. Mrs. Obama checks all the boxes. She's good enough. She's smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like her. Yeah, you remember that, uh, what was that guy's name? Something Smalley, Saturday Night Live. Stuart Smalley, yes, I remember that. Al Franken did that, yes. This person adds, besides that, no one can say a word against her because of the color of her skin. Yep, you can imagine they would have fun with race card. No doubt about that. Vince, the name Robert Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. floated by at least one conservative pundit to run against Biden. We talked about that yesterday, I believe. Vince, do the demon rats really need Michelle Obama? Because it seems the Republican Party is fractured on who they want. They could lose against Mickey Mouse. Why don't the Democrats nominate uh, a tomato? Oh, my goodness. Since they love nominating vegetables to run for office, Jeff, that's terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm a conservative, but would vote for Joe Manchin. She would probably have a better chance of bringing the country back together than most. And is more of a true moderate. No chance with Trump. Hmm. Michelle Obama for president. This country needs someone that will fix things, not break it even more. Woke overboard if Michelle Obama is a candidate soon. This person simply saying, no Obama. Already. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. Time now to take a look at the day in history. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I wish I had it factor. No. Well, I wish I had the it factor too. You have the it factor. Oh, you think so? Well, your success would, would be testament to that, I think. Okay. All right. I think that's basically uh, the rock this, star thing, charisma. I, right? I'm sure uh, there will be a debate about that on the text line like there is everything else. We have a total of 10 questions for you. Uh, not necessarily questions, but items. And then in 1774, this would be the site of a notorious tea party. The British closed the port in this city to all traffic on this day in 1774. Is it Wonderland? Ah, so silly. There was a tea party in Wonderland. Boston. Wonderland. Boston. Or some would say Boston. Well, Boston might be Wonderland, depending on what you're in. Yeah, it might be. It could be Seven- more Wonderland. <laughs> 1777 is the year that uh, this power couple exchanged five historic letters. Husband and wife. One of them became president. George and Martha Washington. No, actually... John and Abigail Adams. John well, and Abigail. So uh, they're another power couple. I'll bet you'll get this one. 1876. This guy got a patent for the telephone. Was known it by Edinson? Th- uh, known by three names. No, no uh, Alexander Graham Bell. I'm you sorry. are absolutely correct. Alexander Graham Bell. 1897. This guy served cornflakes at his clinic in Michigan. They would not be available in stores for years. David this Frost. Become... <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that was good. I like that That's the poet. That's the poet. He's so silly. This became the name of a major cereal maker. Kellogg's. There's only there's two, but yes, Doctor Kellogg was his name. Doctor Kellogg. Doctor Kellogg or Marky Post. And and this guy was no flake. Oh. Okay. That was bad. No, no, no. That's very 1923, good. Robert Frost published his iconic poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. You're kidding. 1923. I just, I just referenced him, didn't I? Wow, that's weird. Okay. Uh, that is intriguing. 1933, this big, monstrous character premiered in New York City. You know, the one that walks around and he's about the size of buildings. They did a remake of this movie a few years ago. King Kong. King Kong. Pretty scary character. 1955 comic legend Phyllis Diller appeared on stage at the Purple Onion in San Francisco for the very first time. 1965, today's the actual anniversary of the Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. 1979, Voyager 1 reached Jupiter. Way, way out there. And another more obscure question, 2010, Catherine Bigelow won the Oscar for Best Director, first for female. And one of the things I'm sure she had to be absolutely thrilled about it, she beat her (laughs) ex-husband. That has to be uh, a victory that she really cherished for. Well, she went from that to winning Oscars, I guess. Oh, you mean in the in the for for the Oscars? Yeah, her competition was her ex. (laughs) Okay. That's pretty good. I was going down a different road there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. I cannot believe our time has come to an end on this broadcast. Thanks a lot for joining us today. And it uh, looks like another nice day out there. I'll take this for the rest of winter, what is left. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.